It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. very welcome to tonight's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme this evening we're going to hear about how to avoid food waste, we're going to hear about a very exciting business journey from Limerick City and finally at the end of the programme we're going to be checking in with our weekly regular Colette O'Connor from Delicious Kingdom. But before we hear from tonight's guests let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. You can make contact by emailing me s.noonan at live.ie. So is food waste something that you're guilty of and if so would you like to reduce it in order to save money and help the environment? Well this week the Environmental Protection Agency is running a campaign to help us all reduce the amount of food that we waste and earlier on this evening I spoke to Odile Le Bullock, who is a food waste expert so let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Thanks so much for joining us this evening on The Best Possible Taste. Yesterday you launched a very important campaign that is going to be of interest to our listeners because it's all to do with food waste. Yes, we, we did, Sharon. We're really excited. We have our campaign running this week uh, called Eat It or Freeze It. And we're trying to highlight the issue of food waste, which is a significant contributor to climate change. And in fact, it generates about 8 to 10% of global greenhouse gases. So it's quite a concerning issue. And we do know that everyone thinks they only waste a little bit of food whenever you talk to people. But it all adds up. And coming from Irish households, there's about a quarter of a million tonnes of food waste generated every year and on a more individual level that can cost us up to 700 euro a year so we're really trying to provide some really good creative solutions to people on how you can actually just reduce your food waste and that's what this week's campaign is all about. As you say there food waste has a detrimental impact on the environment but more importantly and I think something that people can relate more to is the actual cost of it to a household every year is quite significant. That's true. And, you know, I think people underestimate that. And, and sometimes what we do say to people is maybe just to, to make yourself a little bit more aware of what you are throwing away is spend a week with, a, you know, just jotting down what you're throwing away and try and put a value to it. And as soon as you start to see it all add up, it's just that motivator to help us, us concentrate when we're in the shop the next time. You know, maybe you find that you're always buying lettuce because you want to eat healthy, but nobody ever eats it. <laughs> and that kind of thing just helps them. That you, that you might turn around and go I'm not going to buy that anymore or if I am we're only going to use it for a certain thing and think you know one of the we recently conducted a survey on Irish consumer attitudes towards food and food management behavior and food waste and one of the things they said the main reason 68% of people said they threw away food because it has passed its use by date so that's actually what the point of this campaign is to highlight to people that not to get caught out by you by dates and either eat it or freeze it so that you can use it again at another time. Well it's interesting what you say there about the lettuce because I certainly would be guilty of maybe food fads where I go in and I think yeah I'm going to be eating x y and z 
And in a lot of households, if you have lots of different people, they have different tastes, they like different foods. So the size of the, the product that you buy, the quantity that's in it, may not actually be relative to your needs and also the supermarkets do them that like buy three for the price of two like my husband cannot walk past the buy three get one free because it's good value and I'm constantly saying to him it's not good value if one of them ends up in the bin just take the two of them just take the off I know, yeah. and, and it is really challenging. And like, you know, I we've a small house here and like that, we find it difficult to buy, you know, you suddenly buy those three things and you've enough vegetables for people for, for five weeks. And I guess this is kind of part of a part of the campaign too, that make those work for you in, in freezing them, like maybe buy, instead of buying a selection, buy the same thing and freeze half of them and, you know, or, or turn it into a soup or, as you say, things are only good value if you're going to use them. So it's to be mindful of what you're actually going to use and then make sure that you use it. But if you're not going to use it, if people I think people are amazed at some of the things that you can freeze. You know, we're, we're stuck more traditionally on things maybe like meat and fish and things like that but there's lots of you know you can freeze onions you can just throw dice onions and put them in the freezer and you know many people buy bags of frozen onions but that, like that you can just do it yourself with with onions maybe i find we don't like a lot of onions so we might only use half an onion in a dish chop up the other half while you're at it and throw it into into the freezer peppers freeze really well you know there's some other things maybe that need what's called blanching which probably your listeners might know about that where you dip something into boiling water for 30 seconds and then dip it into cold water to stop it from cooking and that just helps preserve the nutrients in it and then you can freeze that too or even better if you're cooking something cook all of it and then freeze it once it's cooked. So there's lots of options. And, you know, this is really just about not being caught out by a use-by date and suddenly just looking at something and going, oh, we never ate that, going to throw it away. And we're all guilty of that. <laughs> so the key to this is planning, being organised, planning out your meals, what you're going to have on each day of the week. Do the batch cooking, as you say, where if it is like a 500 gram mince pack with a couple of tins of tomatoes. Well, that's going to maybe, depending on the size of your household, make a few different portions of bolognese or do a bolognese one night, a lasagna the next night. But the, the careful planning would be a huge help in avoiding food waste. Yeah, do you know, you know, I've been talking about food waste for a number of years at this stage and planning really is the key to know what you're going to eat and buy, you know, buy what you need and use what you buy. That's that's really it. And I know, you know, there's different levels of planning. Planning isn't for everybody. <laughs> Some people, yeah, the idea of planning your meals just turns them off completely. Some people love the idea of planning. But I think what you're saying there exactly is that like that, you're, you know, you buy ingredients, make them work for you. It mightn't even be a bolognese sauce. You might make your red sauce foundation and use it as a chili one night, bolognese the next night, lasagna, freeze it. You know, there's all these different things you can do. But I think the key thing is maybe not to plan for every night of the week because there are nights where we just do not feel like what we want. You can certainly have, certainly if you have a family, maybe there's a couple of meals in your repertoire that are easy to make, that I've got nothing out of the freezer. What are we having for dinner that isn't takeaway nights? And, you know, there's loads of those kind of things too that can, that can just be 
really, really quick. You know yourself what your family might eat or, or not eat. And then if you have just, you know, looking ahead for the five busy nights, is everybody there every night? Like, do people, you know, I know at the moment there's a little bit more certainty. We are all at home. We're eating what we have, you know, more. Certainly we find that, that people have been cooking from scratch a lot more. You know, they've been saying things like that. But I think in general, you know, maybe people do a class one night a week or everyone's out at different sports training, you know, doing different things. And just to be cognizant of that in, in the house, that people aren't going to be eating the same meals every time. So that's where you can make your freezer work for you. And, you know, I'm a big advocate in, in making my freezer work for me. I use it all the time. And like that, you know, have frozen onions in there, frozen peppers, things like that, that you can just dip into then and conjure up a meal out of nearly next to nothing. <laughs> So you can freeze most things, maybe not things that have a high water content like cucumber and lettuce would be two of the things that that you can't. So don't go in the food fad thinking you're going to be eating lots of salad (laughs) and buy extra salad there because you can't. But what what I try to do there is instead of buying salad leaves, I try to buy spinach leaves and yes. because they can be used in obviously a salad but also you can put them into a curry or different things like that and, and there's great nutritional value that would be my little tip the survey that you did and um, you did it in September so it was it was taken into account the times that we're living in now and I would imagine that people aren't making as many trips to the supermarkets now as they maybe were 12 months ago or picking up the odd thing again the planning comes into that because I certainly don't want to be going into the supermarket more than I need to because I'm trying to reduce the number of places I go and so on and so forth whenever you did your survey the COVID restrictions that must have revealed quite interesting information Yes, and, and we did specifically include that that in, in our survey for that reason, because what we had been hearing anecdotally is all the behaviours that lead to less food waste were also behaviours that people had adopted. Like, you know, we definitely found people were doing one big main shop rather than going for lots of different shops. We did find that people were using lists more because they just wanted to get in buy their food and get out again and then they were making the most of what they had at home as well there was certainly people were reporting that they were more likely to start looking in their cupboards using what they had in the freezer that kind of thing so all of those behaviors we actually showed that you know we we were adopting them and I suppose the key is not to slip back then into those those kind of older ways where you're dropping into the supermarket a little bit more topping up on on your shopping and you know we always nobody goes in and buys one thing and that you went in for in the supermarket you know generally you're going to go in and you're going to come away with another extra few things that you didn't plan on buying but yet again that's not the end of the world if you do and, and you're not going to eat what you have planned use your pop it into the freezer and um then you know you can you can you can work for it and make it work for you that way but i think definitely we you know we the survey did find that people felt they were being more mindful about food weight and not wasting as much food during the lockdown but i think you know what we would be worried about is that people would creep back into their older behaviors and start wasting more again and whenever we're picking up something, there can either be a use-by or a best-by date on it. 
That's right. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I think that's the other thing. There is an element, there can be an element of confusion and like use by date is a deadline. It's there for food safety and you'll see it on highly perishable foods like, you know, meat, things that, you know, fish, dairy, those kind of things. Best before date does not mean bad, bad after. Best before just refers to the quality of food and it's perfectly fine to eat after that date. And actually what we found in our survey is three out of four people understood best before and used by date. So there's really high understanding of the difference between the two dates and, and, and that. But what we did find then on the other hand, that was a lot of people, 68% of people said that they threw away food because it had passed its use by date. And we also found that there was quite a significant amount, it was more than half who misunderstood that you must freeze food on the date of purchase they didn't understand that you could freeze it right up until the use by date and that you know freezing acts like a pause button and it's a great way of preventing food from spoiling and that way you get to eat it another time and I'm not surprised that people thought you had to freeze it on the day of purchase because I think maybe some of the labeling would certainly lead you to believe that that's when you need to do it yeah, and, and you know, there definitely, I think we were conditioned, there, there was kind of that messaging, you know, freeze on day of purchase. I notice now the labelling has changed language, you know, it's more likely freeze as close as possible to date of purchase and up until the use by date. So I think that's what we're, you know, we're trying to highlight that to people that you, you can wait, you know, get a go, um, right up until the use by date, you can, you can freeze food. And that definitely might prevent people from throwing it away, you know, or give them more of a chance to use it. And of course, the thing is, once you pop something in the freezer, not to leave that as its final resting place, you know, and that it's just an extra step until it goes into the bin, not to forget when you put things in, in the freezer. And plan on using it soon, you know, plan on using it the following week, maybe in your, in your, if you're a meal planner, or at least, you know, within two weeks so that it, you just don't forget it's there and you know some people I'm a big advocate of having a list of what I have in my freezer so I don't forget what I have in my freezer because it can be a bit of a black hole and like that you know a final resting place that in a few months time you, you look at it and have no idea what it was how long it's been there that kind of thing you know so and in fact we've got lots of um, suggestions on our website on how you can make your freezer work for you like date putting dates on things before you put it in your freezer maybe have a list one of those magnetic boards on the side of the freezer that you can keep your list of what you have in there that way when you are doing your shopping list you're going to take a quick look at what you have and incorporate those into your meal plan before you think about what else you need so there's lots of ideas there on our website your website is a great resource and I think the campaign is extremely timely given that we're coming up to Christmas and I would imagine that Christmas is one of the times of the year where food waste is appalling like there is such an amount of it yeah and you know unfortunately we don't have specific figures for for christmas it's something that we will certainly certainly would like to find out but i suppose our annual surveys show us you know that we waste food all year round but you have to acknowledge that there's going to be an increase in food waste at christmas time and in fact we run um we have a great campaign coming up that people can look out for it's called national leftovers day which is saint stephen's day which is you know obviously the day that we all eat leftovers so it's kind of to 
celebrate leftovers and, you know, kind of not forget about them. And one of the things, in fact, speaking of freezer, would be that people need to start maybe around this time of the year using up what they have in their freezer to make a bit of space out of it so that they can make room for all of this extra food that we're going to have. You know, and, and there's loads of things around Christmas time. If people follow us, you know, either on social media or visit stopfoodwaste.ie, our website, you know, we'll provide tips around that time where, you know, don't stock up on perishables. The shops are going to be open very soon after. It's not like back, you know, years ago when there wasn't a shop open for for ages after Christmas and we needed everything in advance. So if you do run out of milk, things like that, that do go off maybe slightly more quickly that you would you know you can go and and get those but the other thing is yet again not to forget your freezer and use your freezer to help keep things fresher for longer and that kind of thing so to be able to save up to 700 euros a year if you plan a bit better and obviously then the impact that it has on the environment that's something I don't think people are as aware of that the the food waste and the the landfill all of that i think you know one of the things that people don't don't really associate with say climate is is food waste and in fact it's not only the disposal of the food waste but there's all the resources that have gone into making that food and getting that food to our tables that when you throw food away you're throwing all those you're wasting all those resources as well and one of the things that you know we we would kind of highlight from that is a lot of people actually do want to take action to reduce their impact on the planet and you know we do things like we buy reusable cups and you might be thinking of changing all your light bulbs you know to at home and even you know bigger decisions like changing your car do you buy an electric car you know and people are especially people with young families they're very conscious about the environment and want to do things that will reduce their impact Food waste is an action you can take three times a day and reducing your food waste. And it's also something that costs very little. There's, it, it doesn't. You don't actually have to invest in any equipment or something. So, you know, our, our call would be to people is get your food waste right before you start thinking of the bigger things. It's something that we have immediate in our home and it's something, you know, really important action that we can take. So get behind our programme. Perfect advice to end on. Thanks so much for telling us about the campaign this week. Foodwaste.ie is where all the resources are. And best of luck with, with spreading the word this week, Odile. That's brilliant. Thanks, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. possible taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we heard how to save money, help the environment by reducing our food waste. Still to come tonight, the delicious Kingdom's Colette O'Connor has details about some delicious dine-in options in Kerry. Next though we're going to hear from Jane Conlon to find out about her business So Delicious, Limerick's home of soda bread and scones. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Jean, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me because I'm sure you're tired after a very busy day in So Delicious in Limerick City Centre. Will you tell us a bit about the business and first of all about the name So Delicious? It relates to soda bread. Hello, Sharon. Thanks very much for having me on. So, yeah, So Delicious. Um, as the name states, it's a soda bread bakery specialising in all sorts of soda bread. 
So we, what we do here is we make lots and lots of soda bread in many flavours and that forms the backbone or the platform of the cafe menu. At the moment, um, you know, even during phase five, we are running our full cafe menu, which has breakfast, brunch and lunch menus available. And um, we have a good, you know, sweet offering as well. Uh, very, very big selection of scones, cake, all served with gourmet coffee. Now, the soda bread side of things comes into play. A lot of people are ordering soda bread daily or weekly. And these can be ordered in small loaves in a number of flavours. What was the inspiration to focus on soda bread? A soda bread came to I was I've been fascinated for soda bread for years. Uh, travelled, did quite a lot of travelling when I was younger, um, both working in different kitchens around the world and, you know, just hol- holidaying in different countries. Um, and really what, like, what came to me was wherever you go in different parts of the world, we'll say San Francisco, it's all about sourdough. In France, it's all about the baguette. Um, Italy, pizza. But when I came back to Ireland, I thought, you know, we're not really celebrating soda bread as much as we possibly could. And although we've all grown up with our mums and dads and grandparents baking loaves of brown traditional soda bread, it kind of, you might, there might be an occasional loaf of spotted dog, you know, people throwing in a few raisins into it. But other than that, um, there wasn't really much more of a choice. So I trained in Ballybaloo a long time ago. And after that, I went to London to work in a couple of Anthony Warren Thompson's restaurants. And it was there that I trained under an Italian pastry chef who, um, now obviously with him, it was all about yeast breads. So what he did was he used to infuse all his breads with various seeds, nuts, tomatoes, sun-dried tomatoes, pesto, things like that. And on my return then from London to Ireland, I applied all that I'd learned in London into soda bread. And what I discovered was, well, it was an epiphany, really, because the texture and the taste was absolutely beautiful. Um, yet it was only it took only a fraction of time to make the bread. Because as you know well yourself, like if you're making a yeast bread, there's a very, very long process in it. And I enjoyed working with yeast bread, and I've done plenty of it. But um, there is something really, really simple. It's part of the simplicity as well of the sewed bread that I absolutely love. It's the process as well as the end product. The passion is so evident whenever you're talking about it. Can you go back to the first time you ever made soda bread? Was it in the kitchen with your mother or, or, or your grandmother? It was, yeah, I would definitely have to credit my mother for that. She was and still is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant cook, baker, homemaker. Um, my grandmother was also a fantastic uh, cook, all the same, you know, as my mother. So every single day at home, my mum would have been making scones, bread, traditional stews. Um, I'd say there wasn't a day growing up when there wasn't all this freshly baked produce coming out of the oven, morning and evening. You know, she was feeding a large family as well. And I have very, very vivid memories of coming in on late winter evenings from school or sport training, whatever it was. And just the aroma in the air was like, I can smell it to this day that, you know, 
with the home cooking as well. Um, and also, likewise, I'd say every time, like we were very close to our grandparents growing up. I'm I'm from Dublin, and um, I'd say every time I I visited my grandparents, there was always brown bread, cakes, and soup in the kitchen. But particularly bread. She had a huge love of of baking homemade bread as well. And whenever you were talking about your menu in your place now, brown bread, soup and cakes would, would feature quite heavily. And you were talking then about how the soda bread works very well with, with different flavours. And you've had success this year at Blossnerin. One of the, was it the cheddar cheese flavour, was a finalist in the Blossnerin Irish Food Awards. That's right. Um, the cheddar and chive bread reached the finals of the Blossom Heron Awards, as you say, and we were absolutely delighted. Um, you know, it, it not only it, it was a great boost, it was a great boost to the business, but it was a great boost to staff morale here. And it's great to get some independent recognition. Um, and when you, like, when you mix these flavours with the bread, it, it, it's like it's just a different experience altogether. It transforms the soda bread. And in a way, it's it's reinventing soda bread because most people would have a perception that soda bread is a little bit dull. You know, I, I think we all have maybe fond memories of mothers, like I say, growing up and baking it. But um, what we're trying to do here is change people's perceptions that it can be a really, really, uh, it can be fun. It's so versatile. The taste is absolutely amazing. It's extremely healthy. And um, it's also yeast free. So we find you can actually eat plenty of it without feeling really, really full like you can do after eating a lot of yeast bread. Yeah, having that bloated type feeling. That's right, yeah. So when did you open the business in, in Limerick? You're on Henry Street there, so you're kind of in the heart of the financial legal district just down and across from the, the Garda station there, because I'm sure everybody knows where that is in the city. When did you open in those premises? We opened in August 2018. Um, so we're only open a little over two years at this stage. We were, were very close to the Gardens International development, which you're probably familiar with. Um, now, that kind of unfortunately was the construction of that was going on quite a long time when we first opened so it was really you know it was early 2019 when we got going really and uh started gaining momentum 2019 was was busy and um we were doing really well right up until march of this year when you know we closed during the first lockdown like everybody else like everywhere else um but I have to say, like, during those months where we did close, it's given me time to rethink, um, rethink, you know, the business, the business model, perhaps. And it has also, I think, provided lockdown itself and just time to think has provided opportunity to, um, to plan a different strategy going forward. And in terms of that strategy, then, what is that? going forward well, what are your plans now going forward we so we were always doing some hot meals here in the cafe and um, now that's really really growing in business over the last number of months we do a really really uh like a, a good traditional 
take-home meal. There's a, something hot every day available for takeaway. And again, this is these meals are traditional Irish meals like lamb casserole, um, shepherd's pie, bacon and cabbage often. And these foods like complement the bread really well. So it just it has grown the offering for our customers. You know, it's not just sandwiches and salads anymore. They can also get a really good substantial take-home meal as well. But as well as that, um, we're partaking in this year's Food Academy, the Super Value Food Academy. And this is to help grow the bread side of the business, which is where my passion always was. It was always baking bread and trying to produce this bread in bigger bulk. So that's going along really well. And, um, you know, hopefully over the coming months, you might see some of our bread in some of your local super values. COVID has had a detrimental effect on your business as it has on many businesses, but you've used the time to innovate. You've used the time to, to look at your strategy, which has been very fortuitous for you because I think a lot of businesses, especially new businesses, in the planning stage before you open, you're very focused on the, the paperwork side of things and the design side of things. And then once the doors open, you get totally bogged down in the day-to-day running of the business. Like that's totally to be expected, managing staff, ordering supplies, dealing with customers. And by the time you've that all done and you turn the key in the premises at night, you go home and you flop down. You don't want to be thinking about the strategy moving forward and the vision moving forward. So it sounds like you've been grateful to have that time and you've used it as as well as you possibly can. Well, we hope we have used it as well as we can. I suppose you never know. Um, but it definitely, like, for instance, Blossom Hair and Food Awards, before we opened up in 2018, I had that very much on my sides, you know, for, to start the application the following February. But, of course, was too busy running the day-to-day restaurant, as you, as you say there. So that passed me by. And then the other Food Academy was always there in the back of my mind. I'd heard about it. I'd seen a lot of adverts on the TV and, you know, just heard individual stories. But again, just too busy with the day-to-day running of it. So I was really, really grateful to have the opportunity to apply for both. And, um, you know, quite successful in Blossom Heron. And then also in conjunction, Food Academy is running running um, at the same time, which it's not only great to be, you're working towards something, it's, it's a great focus to have. Um, but I think it's well accepted at this stage that the busier you are during this lockdown, the better it is for your your mental health and just for just to keep some semblance of normality going. So um, yeah, very very grateful for those opportunities. One of the um, the aspects of your agile premises that we should highlight is. As somebody who has two, well, they're not so small now, but certainly going back in time, whenever I was pushing buggies and double buggies and everything, you're always looking for somewhere to go for the cup of coffee that has a bit of space for those. And of course, space now in these times, whenever the current restrictions are lifted and people can get out and about a bit more and they're in doing their Christmas shopping and they have those buggies or they're just looking for a venue to go for coffee and soup and a sandwich, a soda bread sandwich, of course, that has that bit of space. Your premises are ideal for that. Yeah, no, Sharon, it is. Um, it's very accessible for buggies 
and wheelchairs alike. And it's actually great that we've quite a number of, um, like I think young mothers, they, they do appreciate that as well, that they can come in, park their buggy, they're not causing any fuss whatsoever. And there's plenty of space to maneuver buggies, chairs and tables, you know, all together. And uh, we were very mindful also during phase two that we did keep everybody two metres apart. Um, we were lucky to have the space, so we kept the two metres between every table. And customers definitely felt, I think, felt safe and confident in that they were not all bunched together and breathing down their neighbour's neck. So you've talked a little bit about the menu and how soda bread features quite heavily on it and you do soups, lovely soups and cakes also. Sandwiches are something that are an ideal pairing with soup. That's right. Um, Sandwiches are always going to marry very well with soup. But our sandwiches, we would like to think, they're probably a bit more filling than your typical sandwich. Um, the bread that we, the loaves of bread that we make the sandwiches out of, they are very, very large loaves. So you get a good substantial sandwich made in your flavor, which that's, there's a novelty aspect in that. The customer chooses their favorite flavor bread. And the flavors incidentally are, they are spelt brown, traditional white, rosemary and olive oil, cheddar and chive, or walnut. So you choose your flavour bread then, and the fillings are mostly Irish and local where possible. Um, for instance, lovely Limerick baked ham. We roast our own chickens, um, Irish salad leaves, when you know, depending on the time of the year. Um, lovely gobine deli meats, macaroon mozzarella. And um, so when you you can either make your own combination or you can choose one of our signature sandwiches on the menu. Um, either grilled or cold so it's a substantial enough meal really you know if you're filling two fairly thick slices of soda bread with all of these lovely salads and meats and then take a cup of soup with it you're more or less sorted for the day and if people want something even more substantial than that you have some family meal deals that you do that's right the family meal deals include two family two adult portions two children's portions plus a loaf of um soda bread and they run every day monday to friday and the choice is we have one daily special every day so the family pack is made up of that special the best way for people to order from the menu is either ringing the cafe number it's 061-595-156 or online on our website, that is www.sodelicious.ie. People sometimes just pop in an order and run out again, but generally it's a phone call or an online order is the best. So we've we've mentioned there about Christmas shopping and people coming in to the city to do a bit of Christmas shopping and maybe stopping off for a cup of coffee. You must be doing some lovely Christmas-type dishes and items as well. We'll be making our usual homemade mince pies, um, but also this year we're, we're going to be making two sizes of tra- traditional Christmas cake um, and also hampers made up of four different flavoured cakes, which um, they'll all be on our website over the coming week. Or you can just ring, as I say, the cafe number to find out. 
um, and also decorative festive cookies. So we'll have a number of cakes and cookies and sweet treats for everybody, all ages. Well, you are a busy lady, Jean. We better let you go back to relax in this evening before I'm sure you get up very early in the morning to get the ovens turned on and start back. And it has been a pleasure to talk to you this evening. We wish you all the very best moving forward and we look forward to catching up with you again in 2021. Thank you very much, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. to the best possible taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Jean Conlon from So Delicious in Limerick City had our mouths watering with her delicious menu which features different flavours of that Irish staple soda bread. If you are just tuning in now you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. So our final guest this evening is our regular contributor Colette O'Connor from Delicious Kingdom who has details about some delicious dine-in options in Kerry. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Great to welcome you to the programme as usual and this week we're talking about dining at home experiences. This is something that has really taken off since Covid landed in Ireland where we find that restaurants and cafes have had to pivot and come up with new ideas, be innovative just to, to keep the kitchens going, keep the staff going and I think one of the ones that has got the most exposure in Ireland, which has been hugely successful, is the Alta Box, which comes out of Dublin. But closer to home in North Kerry, you have a couple that you're going to tell us about. Yeah, so yeah, thank you, Sharon. Um, so I suppose the traditional takeaway, um, you know, everyone loves a Friday night takeaway, and whether it's a burger and chips, a snack box or whatever, um, over lockdown and since COVID, the, the takeaway has taken on a whole new meaning, really, and people are just, you know, missing that treat, either going for that coffee, going out for the brunch, going for dinner, you know, and it's 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 important to kind of have something to look forward to at the end of the week, and I think a lot of the restaurants across the country, not just Kerry, have really kind of you know, picked up on this and they've some fantastic offerings. Uh, here in North Kerry, we have, we're very lucky. We've got, I've chosen two to talk about today. And uh, the first is just down the street here for me at Lizzie's Little Kitchen. Now, Lizzie will be no stranger to a lot of people because she's a regular on our Sunday AM on Virgin Media. Um, and she has had her restaurant in the store for a number of years now, also the farmer's market. So in the last couple of weeks, Lizzie has started doing... Um, a reheat box which you can pick up on a Saturday for Saturday night. Now she's done a couple of different themes. She's done um, an, in, an Indian night, she's done Spanish tapas, she's had an Italian night and what it is basically is you've got a, a nice sort of starter tasting, a soup, a main course, a dessert and a bottle of wine. Now this will feed two people and it's 50 euro. It's fantastic value and it's a lovely treat. Now it sells out really quickly every week so it's worth getting in touch with her in the middle of the week to get that. And the best place to get details about that is on her Facebook page. Facebook or Instagram. So she is at Lizzie's LK, Lizzie's Little Kitchen. So Instagram at Lizzie's LK. Okay, yeah. And look, many people from, from West Limerick who maybe holiday in Ballybunion 
in the summer will be familiar with Lizzie's Little Kitchen, either passing through Listole or whenever she had her pop-up there in Ballybunion, which was lovely. She does lovely salads and things. It is, oh, it, does, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really nice takeaway and in inverted commas because she is a cafe owner at the end of the day, but she has had to adapt to the times that we are in and is doing a great job at it. So speaking of Bally Bunyan, actually, um, wasn't there before lockdown and was a glorious surprise, uh, Grub, as in capital letters, G-R-U-B. You'll find him on Instagram at G full stop, R full stop, U full stop, B underscore Bally Bunyan. Now, this is Daniel Inright, so he's a very talented chef and he has the most entertaining stories. I have been literally falling around the place looking at his stories for weeks now, but he has just something, a different offering for North Kerry. Um, he's, he's big into foraging. He's big into getting, I suppose, yesterday he had a fantastic video up of uh, picking the lobster off the boats in Dingle. Um, his menus are, you know, they're really, I suppose, a celebration of uh, local food. So it's not it's not a reheat box. It's not, um, you know, sort of, it's not, it's not, it's a different point to what we say Lizzie is offering. So what he has really, it is a takeaway. You pick it up, you bring it home, you eat it. It's cooked, it's ready. Um, the things that we would recommend from his menu would be the lobster tagliatelle, absolutely gorgeous, and the surf and turf, which is pork belly with prawns. It was a beautiful smoked mashed potato, and uh, definitely it's something different. And as I say, it is, it, it's a takeaway because it's ready, it's ready to eat when you get it. Um, it's, you know, he doesn't operate a restaurant at other times of the year. It is just a takeaway, and it's there on Main Street in Ballybunion. So again, very difficult to get what you want unless you're in on time. He sells up very fast as well for the weekend. So um, best place to get in touch with him is on Instagram, as I was saying at the start there. And you can phone him. His mobile is on the site there as well. And lobster is such a treat. Such a treat, Sharon. It's, and you know what? We've had it a few times now. And it's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. I need the portion sizes. It's fantastic value for money. The main courses are between 12 and sort of 18 euro. Absolutely great value. Fantastic. And then staying in that part of Kerry, just moving over to Tralee, you have a couple of places in Tralee that you've, you've heard great reports about. Yes, there's two in Tralee that I've chose to talk about. The first is actually in Art for just a few miles outside Tralee. Now, anybody that is listening that is from Kerry will know Kate Browns. Kate Browns is an institution. It's the most beautiful old Irish bar in the middle of Artford, and it is just gorgeous. Fantastic atmosphere there always when you can go in a normal time. It's beautiful open fires, loads of stone. It's just gorgeous. Real hearty food. Now, again, like Grove, this is not a reheat box. This is a takeaway menu. And they have a very comprehensive menu available at the moment. You can get starters. You can get salads, pasta dishes. Um, they have lovely, a lovely tiger pond linguine on their on their main courses for 19 euro. Um, then they lovely. They're well known for their beef, actually. And they do a lovely sirloin steak for 17.50. And they have a couple of desserts as well. But yeah, lovely menu. And you can get them on Facebook at Kate Browns or on Instagram as well. So as I say, a Kerry institution without a doubt. And great to see them doing the takeaway, you know. Because they wouldn't have been doing it before. No, well, you could, you could pick up a main course if you were there on a Sunday. You could pick it up from your head. Definitely. But it wasn't something they advertised, you know what I mean? It's been kind of come into its own during the, the lockdown, I think. It's family run. Fantastic people over there. One of the things that has struck me about a lot of, of these restaurants that wouldn't have been doing takeaway before, that are doing takeaway now, is they have really looked at their packaging and chosen very nice packaging 
not necessarily your standard chipper style packaging like a lot of the packaging would be sustainable recyclable compostable that is very that seems to be very important to a number of the restaurateurs doing takeaway that wouldn't have been doing it before hugely and actually you know going back to lizzie and the stool i know from um we, we got to her um the spanish night and she had a wonderful beautifully presented box and uh, everything was labeled lovely menu inside their explanation as to how to reheat the stuff and again 100 compostable and you know beautiful really 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 nice and it's it's that that presentation sometimes it can it does help the whole overall experience because at the end of the day you're, you are taking it home to eat it at home so you're not getting that dining in a restaurant experience, but if it's presented nicely, it certainly does add to it, yeah. Absolutely, it definitely helps it. Mm-hmm. So staying in Chile, we're going over towards Phoenix now to um, Spa Seafoods. Now Spa Seafoods is another family-run business. And they have a downstairs deli for years and then they have a restaurant upstairs. So they would be no stranger to the takeaway in terms of picking up food to take out. But at the moment now, we would be saying that they have a meal box available, which is 55 euro. Now, it's good value. Again, you get a lovely bottle of the, one of their house wines. You get a bag of prawns. You get a loaf of bakus from bread. Bakus are based in Dingle. And you get some beautiful smoked salmon from Spa Seafoods. And you get two portions of their chowders and two of their fish pies. So there's a, quite a lot in that box. And that is 55 euro. Now, you can follow them as well on Facebook or Instagram at Spa Seafoods. Again, a bit like, I suppose, Kate Brown's, again, Spa Seafoods are an established family-run business. They're well-known across North Kerry. And, I mean, the restaurant, it's one of those restaurants, too, that would, you'd want to be booking well in advance. And, you know, outside of COVID times, it's, it's quite difficult to get a table there at times. And they have lovely, lovely window seating looking out there at Phoenix Bay. Absolutely gorgeous. So you can see the boats coming around the place there. and You can picture what's on your plate has been actually caught not that long beforehand. That sounds lovely. And, and obviously, you couldn't get fresher seafood. And then, finally, we're going to Killarney. Yes, so there's two nice ones in Killarney. The first one being the Tanyard. So the Tanyard is there in Kenmare Place in the town centre, and uh, they have a lovely meal deal. Now you can look at this. Now Tanyard have made it very easy for you. you know, they've got their social media, they've got their Instagram, their Facebook, but you can actually go onto their website and you can pick and choose. They have a listing. You have to go pick and collect, or you can go do delivery, and you can pick any two main courses or any two desserts and a bottle of the house wine for fifty euro which is very good value. So, I mean, some of the nice things in the main courses there, they have a beautiful venison stew, they have a lovely lamb rump, um, the starters, their caramelised goat's cheese, is gorgeous, actually, and they have a tanyard high green curry, another nice one as well. So, you choose two main courses, two desserts, and a bottle of wine, and like 50 euros, and really, really nice stuff there. Yeah, fantastic value. I think the 50 euros mark is a price point that everybody's very comfortable with. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. You know, 50 euros is completely acceptable. I think once you go over that, you need, it needs to be pretty special, really. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's, it's a dining at home experience. It's maybe a reheat or whatever, but you're still eating at home. So you're not paying a service charge. You're not you're not paying for table service. And people are aware of that, you see. Yeah, and there is a little bit of work in it. Yeah, a there is a little bit. bit. But at the same time, you see some restaurants are still charging their full restaurant prices in the takeaway, but that doesn't always, you know, there isn't great feedback from that a lot of the time. That people like to feel they're getting a deal, especially when they're eating at home. Mm-hmm. Final one I'm going to go to, and uh, at this now, I, now, I'm somebody who loves to go out for breakfast or go for brunch. Now, Café du Parc in Killarney, which is just, I'll tell you know where it is. It is again in the town centre in Kenmare Place, and it is just 
this now is really special. It's a Sunday morning, so you get and get two brunch dishes and you get a nice bottle. Now it's a bit of a treat. It's a nice bottle of Massettina organic Manti Prosecco. Nice. For 50 euro. Might sound a lot for a brunch, but this is a treat. I mean, this is something really nice on a Sunday morning. And you have some gorgeous choices there. You've got chip souffle pancakes. You have like the breakfast skillet. You have all these wonderful avocado toast, smoked salmon, eggs, Benedict, and spinach eggs, Benedict, all the nice things that you would probably only eat out. And these are available to, to bring home with your bottle of Prosecco. These options are in Kerry, so they're available to Kerry listeners in that area. We don't want to be encouraging anybody to break the borders or break the guidelines or anything like that. No. I want to give a shout out to Solace in Dingle, which is um, Nicky Foley's place, because he's doing themed type boxes as well at the weekend. So if people are in, in the Dingle area, that's well worth looking at. And then... In West Limerick, we do have a couple of options as well. 1826 Adair was doing um, a dine-at-home offering. Now, I think they have it paused at the moment, but obviously if people check their social media, they can find out if Elaine and Wade are, are back doing that because I know they were they were going to assess the situation and just see what what the market needed, I suppose, and what was going to work for them. Then Logra, I don't know if you've been in it, Claire, if you got to it. No, um, I heard great things though. Yeah, yeah so it's, I, I talked to David and Petra Hayes a few months ago and, I mean, they opened their business, they planned to open it and they had to delay the opening of it because of the lockdown and they ended up doing a lot of the work themselves. But they are doing lots of different takeaway options, fabulous coffee and on a Sunday, they have a Sunday roast option. Again, they're, they're saying look you know get your orders in because it sells out quickly but I have seen people on social media posting about it and sharing images of it and it 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 looks very tasty and more recently Adair Manor the Oak Room which is the Michelin star restaurant in Adair Manor they're doing a dine at home experience a menu that'll change every weekend and I think they're delivering within a maybe a 10 kilometre radius of Adair and you know when restrictions lift in a few weeks time if, if they still go on with that it's one more worth looking at and I know we're allowed to travel to go and collect food and everything but I wouldn't be encouraging people to kind of stretch the guidelines absolutely within reason there's yeah. plenty available on our doorsteps absolutely and, and look in Newcastle West we have the Silver Room Brown Morel and Longcourt that are all doing takeaway they, they might not be doing specific dine at home experiences but they are doing nice takeaway that you can order go and get it bring it home and it's, it's ready to eat and I must say now um, the Silver Room does these fabulous black pudding spring rolls they really are a delight I can personally recommend them Lots for the Kerry listeners and the, the West Limerick listeners there and we would be encouraging people to shop local even for their takeaway and dine at home experiences and we appreciate you taking the time to put your list together for Kerry and you're going to be back next week Colette and we want to tell the listeners what we're planning to talk about next week because we need their help with it. Yes, we do. So, you know, it's a bit of a different subject, but I think it's something that's very important at the moment. I would be very close to my own heart, and that is the food banks. Now, across Kerry and across the whole country, I mean, these charities have always been there. Unfortunately, there's always been a need for them. That need has now increased massively. And I know from my own past work experience, I've worked in a number of hotels in Limerick and Kerry over the years, and a lot of hotels would actually have been very discreetly, you know, 
going down to these food banks and providing them with the cooked meals, some of their, their, their stuff. Now, these hotels are all closed at the moment. You know, there's level five restrictions in place. So that's a resource that's missing. So they're facing increased demand. They, a lot of the businesses that would have supported them are not operating themselves and, you know, probably have their own needs at the moment. So, you know, what we were hoping to do is maybe talk to anybody who is currently involved with a food bank or food charity in Kerry or Limerick um, or who may have been contributing or benefiting from a food bank um, in, in recent times. So it's something that's very important and I think we need to raise the profile. I mean, people are inundated with, you know, where to spend their money, where to buy this, where to buy that, who to support, what charity to support. But at the end of the day, food on the table is an absolute necessity, an absolute necessity. And it's always amazed me in, you know, when I've been involved in these projects, the people that are availing, you never expect. So, I mean, at the moment, with, with the way things are, we're, we're all very, we can be all very close to that meal, that food, that food bank, that food, that dinner or whatever that might be able to provide it at home. So I suppose, look, anybody who's listening, get in touch and you can get in touch with me, Colette, at deliciouskingdom.ie or with yourself, Sharon, and um, we, we'd love to hear from anybody. Yeah, so we want people who are maybe working with food banks or have contributed to food banks, or they're aware of food banks, to drop us an email with the details of those food banks so that we can make contact with the people involved in them to find out, okay, what is it that you need done? What do we need to tell the listeners that you know where are the urgent areas how can listeners help we're not asking people to come on to talk about how they use a food bank or anything like that and we're not asking um, the food banks to come on and, and talk specifically about individual cases we would welcome obviously somebody from a food bank if they would like to come on and just explain a bit more about how it works and how they've had to adapt because of covid because definitely at this time of year normally we're doing shoe boxes for mm-hmm. to send abroad which we can't do we have to go online now to do that which is great that they have that resource there but people may not be aware of it and similarly where we would have been doing up hampers and different things to give to people we've been told no we can't do that because a lot of those organizations might have elderly more vulnerable people running them and operating Mm -hmm. them who are maybe cocooning or shielding my personal experience of the hampers at Christmas goes back to my childhood when my parents would have been involved with a group that would have got together and it initially started with maybe 20 hampers going to um, families in need in different parts of Northern Ireland, particularly in Belfast. And we would have got a note in for each of the families that we had to do the hampers up for and I have a very long-lasting memory of looking at this list and it might have said that the Smith family the father was in prison the mother had addiction issues and then there was a list of the children's names and their ages and there could have been six or seven children on that list and their ages could have started at one and ended at eight like they were all very young and living in in very precarious circumstances the the hampers couldn't go to the houses until the night before until Christmas Eve for fear that the contents would have been sold down at a market for for pennies for for money for the person with addiction issues so 
like these are things that a lot of people aren't aware of that that mm-hmm. unfortunately are going on out there and you know we all want to do our bit to try and help those in need so if if we here on the best possible taste can do anything to raise awareness about the food bank St Vincent de Paul Mm-hmm. The Lions Club, any of those organisations that may be doing something this year or who may have been doing something in the past but they've had to change it this year, they just let us know so that we can, can raise that awareness and share with the listeners how they can help this year. That would be fantastic. So until next week, Colette, mind yourself, stay safe and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. And you. Thank you, Sharon. Take care. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. again to Colette for putting the call out for food banks and similar initiatives to please get in touch with us here at the best possible taste and before we finish up I want to let you know quickly about a fundraiser in the aid of the Simon community and Focus Ireland which is taking place online on Facebook this Saturday and Sunday November the 21st and the 22nd it's called sharing the old magic of Christmas and it includes lots of different people talking about Christmas traditions, recipes, crafts and gift ideas which will get us all in the mood for the festive season. You'll get more information by doing a search for sharing the old magic of Christmas on Facebook and GoFundMe. And that brings us to the end of the programme this evening. Thanks to tonight's guests, Odile Bullock, Jean Conlon and Colette O'Connor from Delicious Kingdom. Until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!